Hello, this is William Fink. And this is the Christagonia Euro Fellowship European Fellowship Forum. I'm sorry, that's two stumbles already and I just got out of the gate. It is Thursday, Thursday, August 4th, 2011. Thank you for being here. I, I, I'd, um, I got a few announcements first. I put links to um, Carolyn Yeager's website on Christagenia. She does a lot of real good work regarding um, World War II and, and the truth behind the events of World War II and, and um, Adolf Hitler and, and the true nature of, of Germany and, and fascism and things like that. She does a lot of good work and she's worthy of, of note. So, so I, I, I made some links and I even made my own banner because I, I um, she doesn't really have a banner on her website. Her, her website's a little, um, I'm not knocking Carolyn by any means, but it's a little dated. And, and um, I hope someday soon we're able to do something about that also. But it's it's not the, the look of the site has nothing to do with the quality of the material. And, and um, that, that's where her, her um, endeavor lies, right? And, and she, she has some very good material on that site. And, and um, maybe people could visit it and check it out. The link's on the front page of Christagenia. It'll be there for, for um, I'll probably leave it there for a few weeks and, and let it ride down the page. But she's also on the link section. I will also be on um, Spingola Speaks with Dina Spingola on... Wednesday, August 17th, and, and that program starts, I believe, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. So, so um, I, I'm sure she'll want to talk about Adolf Hitler. I, I guess that, that seems to be, and, and, and the, the forces behind World War II, that seems to be where her interest lies when, when I went to her, um, to her page at Republic Broadcasting. And, and looked at who her other guests were. I haven't listened to her yet, but but I hope to get the chance to do that before the 17th. Uh, I just actually just sort of met her, right? Through um, emails concerning my, my discussion with Jim Condit and, and Adolf Hitler last week. And, and hopefully soon I will... Um, I'll reserve any dis open discussion of Jim Condit until... Until we are able to um, have that debate about religion that, that we discussed having last Wednesday, and, and that should be interesting. Yeah, you know, I've been um, I, I'm going to re rehash this topic that I've been talking about for a couple of months now. I, I'm going to try to approach it in, in a in a simple. And, and lay lay out a simple concept and, and approach it in a simple way because people still have questions and well we're all so programmed with what we we've been taught uh, not not just in the mainstream churches but identity Christian identity it is the same way and there's a lot of baggage in Christian identity from mainstream churches and and I had a lot of reasons for not really um. Getting into this debate with Eli when we were doing programs for two and a half years together, but as I showed last, well, a couple of weeks ago, anybody that reads my sin and the first epistle of John paper, which I wrote 
five years ago should know that 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 um, would know that my position has never changed on this. It, it's our relationship with God and with the law. It is um is an abstract relationship. It's not black and white, and, and we have to understand our history as a race, our relationship to God in the covenants, His reasons for the Levitical law. And we have to understand all these things before we understand where we stand today. It's that simple. And the promises that were made to our fathers, which are apart from the law, as as Paul explains, right? Excuse me. Well, well, um, what we see that 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 um. Abraham followed Yahweh's statutes and judgments. Yeah, you know, there, there is a law written in our heart. It, it's in our genetic code. That there's no doubt. We, we are different from the other people of the world. Um, that the, 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 if you want to call them people. The, the world's other races, let's put it that way. We have brought the, the rule of law to the world. Where, where they've never had it, right? They've only ever had the rule of, uh, of force. The law of the jungle. And they, they resist our law. They might look good in movies. They might look good on television. But they naturally resist our law. They resist our ways. That They resist the, the path to righteousness. And they do it with, with um, well, with incredible hypocrisy. While they stick out of both sides of their mouths, right? Because they, they they pretend to be able to be a functioning part of our society. In reality, they can't. And that's why wherever the Chinaman goes, he brings China with him, and wherever the Negro grows, he he brings Africa with him. It, it's it's it, it's innate. It's not a matter of cultivation. You, you can you can cultivate a grape to be a wonderful grape, but you can't cultivate a grape to be a fig. It's never going to happen. Well, well, we've always had these natural laws that we've understood. Don't take your sister to bed. Don't steal your neighbor's cheese, and 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 yet you know things like that. It, it's that that we just um. We don't need any book to tell us what's right and wrong. We have it written on our hearts, as the Bible says. Well, while our nation was given these Levitical laws in their relationship with God, do the Levitical laws represent the divine will of Yahweh? A lot of people who want to hold their brothers to the law, they don't distinguish between the divine will of God and the permissive will of God. The divine will of God, it, it can be made manifest, and, and I'll use virginity and marriage as an example again. The divine will of God would, it, would insist, and this is fully evident from many scriptures, that, that a man and a woman in a virginal state join themselves together, and the man leaves father and mother and cleaves to his wife, right? That, that's one point that men tend to always miss, 
and and that's spoken of men, but it's not even spoken of women. Uh, of course, whenever um, well, whenever we see a law that applies to men, we should understand that if it, it it really applies to women also, if it's applicable, and and vice versa. A, a lot of men miss that. It doesn't say a man shall leave father and mother and cling to his wives, or, or a man shall um take a wife and go run around on Friday and Saturday nights. It says a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Singular. Well, well that's the divine will of, of Yahweh, that, that that relationships should start in, in a virginal state and, and that the man and the woman become one flesh, I, I believe, in the children. Well, which is pretty self-evident. Well, well, we had the permissive will of Yahweh, well, which is written into the Levitical law, and, and people miss this. First, I would challenge anybody to show me where it says that a woman can't get married or a man can't take a wife unless that woman's a virgin. It doesn't say that anywhere in Scripture except of the priests, and it is explicit of the priests. So we could read our Bibles and we can understand that in the divine will of Yahweh, in an ideal world, our wife should be a virgin and, and be our wife forever, right? Until we die or she dies. But in the permissive will of Yahweh, written in the Levitical law, there's no, um, first, there's no law that says that your wife has to have been a virgin. If she wasn't a virgin when you married her, you could take her back, provided you expected her to be a virgin. There's no doubt. That's in the law. But it doesn't say that you have to take her back. It doesn't say that. It says that you may take her back. It does not say you must. There's a big difference. And, and people might... That there are ignorant people out there that might argue about may and must and, and whether or not they're in the, in the text, and they assume that those words are not in the text, and, and that, that proves that they don't understand grammar, because there are imperative verbs and there are subjunctive verbs, and, and the, the mood of the verb tells us what's in the text, right? So, so I don't even want to hear anything from concordance translators that don't understand the moods of verbs, which you won't find in the concordance, right? Well, well, anyway, the permissive will of Yahweh is the, the aspect of God where we find mercy. If a girl is raped at 13 years old, and of course, whatever happens to the man, it doesn't matter if he's stoned, what if he escapes? It, it doesn't matter at this point what happens to the man that perpetrates the deed. If a young girl is raped at 13 years old, or if a young girl has an indiscretion at 15, she has a sexual indiscretion. She's seduced, as Eve was seduced. And yes, there were three scriptures which prove that Eve was a virgin, two of them albeit apocryphal, but there are three witnesses. If a young woman had a discretion at 15, does that preclude her from marriage forever? No, it does not. We know that it's not within the divine will of Yahweh that, that such a thing happened. 
because we know that she should have been betrothed to a man as a virgin and married, and, and that would be fine. But trials come. And temptation comes. Like Christ said, it is necessary that transgressions happen. Well, well, um, there's no law that tells that woman she can't get married. That's just the way it is. You won't find it in the letter of the Levitical law. Of course you'll find it in the spirit of the divine will of Yahweh, but you will not find it in the letter of the Levitical law. And, and we have people in Christian identity that want to rule over their brethren with the law or their interpretations of it. And this is one good point, good example of that. Because these people would insist that the law says that a woman must be a virgin to get married. Well, well we could see that that's the will of God from Genesis, but it's not in the Levitical law. It's not in the law in Deuteronomy. So we have the will of Yahweh, and we have the interpretations of men, which are Phariseeism. Because the Pharisees sought to rule over their brethren with the law. Now, we have these promises in spite of the law. Every one of our ancestors was liable to death under the law of God under the divine will and under the letter of the Levitical law. We were all liable to death, every one of our ancestors. And Yahweh promised that we would live. And he came and he died to release us from the Levitical law. This is really simple. But you'll never get it if you're a Catholic. You'll never get it if you think that good boys go to heaven, bad boys go to hell, and, and anybody that's good gets to heaven. It don't matter who you are. First, you have to understand that the covenants are purely and strictly racial covenants. Then you have to understand, as we see promised in so many places, that everybody of the race of the covenants is going to be forgiven. Without exception. That's Christian identity. And that's certainly not Catholic. <laughs> Once you understand that everybody in among the 12 tribes of Israel is going to be forgiven of all their sins, no matter what they are, except blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is really a different topic. And that's the words of Christ, and that's the words of Paul, and that's the words of Isaiah. That's the words of Jeremiah, Hosea, and Ezekiel. Once you understand that, then you could understand why the apostles state, and James states it, and Paul states it, and it's in the Gospels that we are not to be judged, we are not going to be judged by the law. Because if Yahweh judged the children of Israel by the law, he would have to have every single one of us executed. That 
is the scope of the favor which the apostles talk about. which Yahweh imparts upon Israel. But only upon Israel. <laughs> now, if we are all liable to death, but Yahweh finds us with favor in his eyes for whatever reason, mostly for the sake of his promises to our fathers, because he fulfills his word. Even though we can't. If we had these promises, how could we hold our brother to the letter of the Levitical law? That's why the apostles warned us that he who would keep the whole law, yet fell in one point, is liable for the whole law. And because we all fail in at least one point, we're all liable for the whole law. That's what James is telling us. And that's what Paul tells us in not so many words in other places. He getting himself circumcised, for instance, is liable to keep the entire law. If Yahweh could forgive the servant that owed him... 50,000 denarii, or however many it was, 50,000 talents, and I forget the exact number, 60 talents, but which is um, a whole lot of denarii. And, and that servant turns around and doesn't forgive his fellow servant for two denarii, and, and we see that in the parable, right? And, and Yahweh goes back and gets that servant that didn't forgive his fellow servant. Well, well, if you see an imperfection in your brother and you don't forgive him, how could you expect forgiveness from God? You can't. That's the meaning of that parable. So, for instance, if a man's married to a woman who's not a virgin, and this keeps coming up, so I'm going to keep bringing it up. What business is it of yours? Of course, it is your business if she was your brother's wife and everybody thought that they were still married, right? I mean, that's a problem. We, we shouldn't run around with our brother's wives or with our neighbor's wives, those near to us. But if a woman had a husband run out on her 10 years ago, 15 years ago, what is it to you if she's found with another man? You know her husband ran out on her. You know she's been, she, she's been alone for X number of years. That's the mercy of the law. Because you won't find a law that says that she can't get married. You won't find a, a law. She, she's as good as a widow. You won't find a, a law that explicitly forbids a man from marrying her. We know from the words of Christ that she shouldn't get married again. But do we judge by the mercy of the law and the divine will of Yahweh, or do we judge each other? I, I'm so, uh, 
Do we judge by the letter of the law in the Levitical law that's done away with? Do we pretend to judge by the divine will of Yahweh when we don't know Yahweh's will? We think we know what we see in the scripture. A lot of it is evident to us. Or do we judge mercifully and, and overlook a woman who, who um, had a husband that ran out on her ten years ago? And, and we have another guy with no wife. Maybe he's never had a wife. Maybe he's had 18 wives. And he's been a whore. Well, well, if nobody has a claim on this woman, do we as a community force her to remain single? I, I don't think it's any of our business. That's my judgment call. I wouldn't go and, and um, marry myself to a woman who's obviously led a lascivious lifestyle. That, that's a different story. But the virgin that's been raped... At 15 or, or 18, can she get married at 24? Of course she can. The law only says that a priest cannot marry her. That's what the law says. A priest has to marry a virgin. That's what the law says expressly. And, and that's judging by... The, the difference is judging by the divine will of Yahweh and, and do we judge each other with mercy and fairness. And, and that's a lot of the lesson behind a lot of the parables in the New Testament. And that's a lot of things that even a lot of people in Christian identity miss totally. Because what we become reactionaries. When we learn that we should have been keeping the law, and we should indeed keep the law, there's no doubt. We as individuals should seek to keep the law. As Paul says, Does do we sin more so that mercy abounds? No. No, we don't. We do not. We as individuals should strive to establish the law. And I say, and I can say, we as individuals, because first, we must pull the beams out of our own eye before we attempt to pull the stick out of our brother's eye. And, and second, we need to have the same mercy on our brethren that Christ has on us. And furthermore, we who are guilty by the law have no reason to judge anybody else by the law. And, and this is a consistent message in John, in Paul, in James. But we, in, even we in Christian identity, I, I, I never argued these points with Eli because I understand that people, most people, just happen to be simple-minded. That's just the way it is. Abstract thinking. I, I don't want to sound arrogant or obnoxious, but abstract thinking it is way too much for a lot of people. And um, if I had a choice between Eli's position that we have to keep the law, and there's nothing wrong with that, and the antinomian position of, of most mainstream churches that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you profess Jesus, you're saved. Well, well, of course, I'd have to side with Eli's position 
and, and that's just the way it is. But our real relationship to God, through the law and through the covenants, is much more abstract than that position. We as individuals should strive to keep the law of God, but we know there are times when we're going to fail, and we know there are times when the letter of the law does not fit the situation. Christ proved that to the Pharisees over and over again. Telling them that, yes, they should pull their ass out of a, I don't mean their literal ass, I mean their four-legged ass, out of a ditch on Sunday. Or on Saturday, I'm sorry, on the Sabbath day. And you should pull your brother's literal ass out of a ditch on the Sabbath day. Where the Pharisees would teach that if your brother or your donkey falls into a ditch on the Sabbath day, you should go home and, and rest. And, and maybe come get him Monday, he'll still be alive, maybe. Or, or Sunday, or the, the, the first day of the week. Well, well, that's just crazy. And that's, you know, Christ used that extreme example um, in the Gospels, but, but that there are a million lesser examples that, that we see in everyday life. What, where the letter of the law just doesn't fit the situation. We're to judge mercifully. That, that's the way it is. Going back to my example with the virgins, the young girl was raped at 14, maybe by a cousin, maybe by an alien. It, it doesn't matter who. And she, a, a man falls in love with her at 20 and knows that she's been raped. He knows she's been violated, but he loves her. Well, the law permits him to take her, her to wife. The law does not forbid it. That's an example of an act of mercy. They love each other and, and let them be married. He knows her situation. He knows what she's been through. That's judgment by mercy, and, and you won't find that in the letter of the law. Christ said, it's mercy I seek, and not sacrifice. If you find, and this is where um, Israel identity, people in Israel identity become draconian about the law, that there are several people that, that boast about it on Facebook, that they, they have found the law. They've discovered the law at 40-something years old, right? And they realize that the woman that they've been sleeping with for five years, or the man they've been sleeping with for ten years, that they've had all sorts of conjugal relations with, well, well they find that because they weren't virgins when this relationship began, perhaps they should just um, stop having conjugal relations. And then, through that, they seek righteousness before God. Because they think they're, they're committing an act of adultery every time they sleep with their wife again, even though they've already had two kids with her. Well, well the example I, I use, and people like to um, 
to dismiss is the first example of our first parents. Yeah, you know, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul compares the assembly as a pure virgin to Eve, who was seduced. And that means, when Paul makes that comparison, he must be stating that Eve was a virgin. It's that simple. Otherwise, if Paul's not believing that Eve was a virgin before she was seduced, then the allegory does not hold. And I can't imagine Paul would make an allegory that didn't make any sense. So if Paul says that the assembly's a pure virgin and compares it to Eve, he's saying that Eve was a pure virgin. In 4 Maccabees, there's a woman that exclaims that um, she took care of the built-up rib, and the destructive, deceitful snake did not make spoil of her chaste virginity. And she's again comparing herself to Eve, and the fact that the serpent took Eve's virginity. In the Protoevangelion, chapter 10, I missed this one the first time I, I, I just made these assertions. Cliff and I had to remind me of this one. That's okay. <laughs> In the Protoevangelion, chapter 10, Joseph exclaims that his wife was a virgin and she's become pregnant. And he says, this is the history of Adam repeated in me. Which means that the writer of the Protoevangelion believed that Eve was a virgin when she became seduced by the serpent and pregnant. So the serpent had Eve first. Even though Eve was betrothed to Adam. And, and, and by the measure of certain turkeys that, that want to rule over their brethren with the law... And, and, and claim that um, that a woman has to be a virgin to be married, well, the first example in the Bible makes you into a fool. Because Yahweh told Eve her desire would be to her husband, meaning to Adam, her legitimate husband, the one to whom she was destined. And he put his imprimatur on their sexual activities and reproduction. It's that simple. Genesis chapter 4, Genesis chapter 5. So what we see right in that first example is we see the divine will of Yahweh and we see the permissive will of Yahweh. Because either Adam and Eve are saved through childbearing or they die for violating the law right then and there. That's our first example in life. We have the divine will of God as our model. We should seek to live up to it. We have his mercy and his permissive will when we screw up. And every one of us has done that. That... That's what the entire story of our race is about. None of us have lived up to his divine will. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
If we expect his mercy, we have to extend it to our brethren. We don't tell a fellow Israelite that he's damned to hell if he sleeps with his wife of 10 or 15 years, who wasn't a virgin when they got married. How could you damn your brother to hell? Yahweh said that all of the offspring of the children of Israel would be saved. Who the hell are you to damn anybody to hell? That's just crazy, but there are people doing it. Well, well, th these um, a couple of these individuals had a debate the other night with with Eli James, and, and um, they're very disturbed with Eli because Eli didn't um, e Eli disagreed with them, but for all the wrong reasons. A and because of Eli's disagreeing with them for all the wrong reasons, I took out a paper and put it back on the front page of Christagenia that, that I wrote two and a half years ago that explains that divorce and putting away are indeed the same thing. You cannot make a distinguishment in Hebrew or Greek, or English for that matter, except in our legalistic society of today you might be able to make a distinguishment. They do, they call it separation. But that's only because of the government takeover of the concept of marriage, that we have that legal distinguishment. Without that, there would be no distinguishment. If you divorce somebody, you've put them away. If you put somebody away, if you put somebody away, you divorce them. There's no distinguishment. We have in, in Hebrew three times a, a noun was used which signifies a bill of divorcement. The, the, it actually means a paper or a writing, which, um, and, and the word translated divorcement means a cutting. But the actual cutting happens when you put the woman away. Yahweh decreed that we give her this paper which represents this cutting, which is called a bill of divorcement, for her protection, so that another man could take her into his home without fear of being stoned. Otherwise, the woman had absolutely no way to live, because women in the ancient world, they had no property, because they were property. That's just the way it was. That's a simple fact of life. Women didn't really have the ability to hold their own property in Europe until Roman times. It, it was a little different in Britain. I'm, I'm talking about, um, I, I don't want to call it civilized Europe, but that, that part of Europe where we have writing and laws and, and um, traditions which have survived to us in writing, right? In Greece, women were property. And the Germanic tribes of most of the Danube women were property, according to the Greeks. In Britain, by the first century, it's evident that they had queens and women held property. But that didn't happen in, in Greece. That didn't happen in the ancient Middle Eastern world. It, it also happened in Rome, though, where women were permitted to hold property and, and to be... Um, free of a, of a male family member. Well, well um, 
a divorce is to a putting away, a bill of divorcement, I should say. A bill of divorcement is to a, and I didn't make this analogy in my paper, but a bill of divorcement is to a putting away what a receipt is to the purchase of a loaf of bread, right? And, and this is an analogy I used the other night. The bill of divorce is only the receipt for the act of putting away. They are the same. Do not confuse the receipt with the loaf of bread. The receipt only shows that you rightfully purchased and hold the loaf of bread. If you lose the loaf of bread, you cannot eat the receipt. If you didn't have the act of putting away, the receipt, the bill of divorcement, would be nothing. Just like if you didn't have the loaf of bread, the receipt for the bread's not going to do a damn thing for you. It's not going to feed you. The bill of divorcement is merely a receipt which records that the putting away took place. The only issuer of the bill of divorcement in the Old Testament is the man who does the putting away. It's not a legal document. There's no distinction. Yahweh commanded the men of Israel to make this out when they do put away their wives for the protection of the women. Eli wants to try to say that they're two different things. Well, well, yeah, they are, but not in the sense that he's trying to say. He's trying to make two different designations in, in the status uh, of the termination of a relationship, which can't be made because they don't exist. Yes, you could put away a woman and not give her the receipt, but that doesn't make it any, any different in the eyes of God, except that the woman has no protection. So, so really, the, the act of putting away is the act of the divorce. There's not a distinction. The receipt only officiates that it happened. And we, 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 we tend to... Um, well, well, many people, even in Christian identity, tend to misuse those terms and the concepts which they represent. If you put a woman away, you've divorced her. Now, if you want to make a receipt out or not, only depends on whether or not you want to follow the law. But she's still divorced in either case. And, and that's the only point I'm trying to make. In either case, the woman is divorced. Christ... In, in Matthew chapter 5 and in Matthew chapter 19 clearly stated that men and women should not be divorced. Eli tried to state that Christ was not telling them that. But indeed he was. They shouldn't be divorced under any circumstances except for fornication, that meaning in, in, in cases of where um, their spouse was found performing illicit sexual acts with others, that then it was permissible to divorce. You, you better per divorce uh, according to the law. 
Because the law would command a stoning of that woman, right? And that's the ultimate divorce, right? Yeah, you would better divorce a, a woman in, in that case. But aside from that, Christ is stating that you shouldn't be divorced at all, period. There, there's no put, put, put away, divorced, they're the same thing. You shouldn't put your way a wife at all, period. Whether you give her a piece of paper or not is immaterial. So, that's how I feel about that. And I'm sure the text would hold me up. It's the legalists on the other side of the coin who would want to make a distinction and, and, and try to have Christ saying that it's okay to divorce a woman as long as you give her a piece of paper. That, that's just crazy. It, it's not okay, period. It's sin. And I know. I've been there. I've done it. Okay, this is an open forum. I hope to have um, broken this entire um, scene down in, into simpler terms and, and made it clearer. What we should all seek and, and strive to keep the laws of God, but we're all going to fail. We should not condemn our brethren when we don't when they don't keep those laws, especially when. Our brother's um, transgression of what we perceive to be a Levitical or a Deuteronomic law, one of the laws of the the Torah, if I have to call it that, the law, the, the Pentateuch. If we perceive a brother to break them, but that brother is not harming anybody in the community, and he's not harming us, what what right do we have, based on our interpretation of these laws, to condemn our brother. We don't have a right, not at all. And, and that's explicit throughout the New Testament, in James, in Paul, in the Gospels. Even if our brother does us wrong, we're to forgive him as long as he repents. Seventy times, seven times. That's an awful lot of times. But if my brother has a woman that... that um. Well, whether I suspect she was a virgin at 35 when they married or not is really none of my business, as long as there's not another man chasing her around saying, hey, he's with my wife. That would be a problem. That would have to be resolved. We're not to take another man's wife. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. But the, the law does not say, thou shalt not marry the poor girl who was 25 and was raped when she was 13. The law doesn't say that. The law would actually permit that marriage, except for a priest. And that is the difference between Yahweh's divine will, which um, makes it evident that your wife, in the best circumstances, would be a virgin, and that you would be too. Because a man shall lead his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And, and even men don't want to hear that verse and what it really implies. Because they like to think that the, the law only judges women for, for um, virginity. Well, well, right there it shows you, too, that a man should be just as faithful to one woman as a woman should be to one husband. Men, even in identity, miss that one all the time. If a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, that's the godly model. There's no room for polygamy. The law doesn't forbid polygamy. 
the letter of the law does not forbid polygamy. But, for men, but, the godly model is obviously the man should have one wife, as well as a woman's being a virgin when, when she's married. None of us, none of us follow the godly. None of us live up to it. That's the way it is. Okay, this is an open forum. I hope somebody wants to talk, and 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 um, of course, questions are welcome. That, that's about all I have to say on the issue. I I hope I made myself clear, but both in respect to the laws of marriage and virginity, and in respect to the the um the relationship of Israel under the law and under the covenants. If anybody wants to talk, just, um, I- I'm going to turn on all your microphones. And oh, yeah, it's easier. <laughs> well, well, you could do it yourself, but you just never really realize that. Hello, Matthew. Hello, here we go. <laughs> We're only in the good. <laughs> Hello, Dorcas. It's good to see you. Hello, Taya. Very confusing in the old testament. Why would they have this sheet? Parents held on to the sheet. Well, well, the woman is blameless in those cases, right? There's no doubt. Hmm. There is no doubt that that's the right way to do it. That's true. Now, now, if if that's done, if it's done the right way, that then the man can't say anything about his wife, right? No. But but let's consider that scripture carefully. It says that if a man takes a woman and he finds some uncleanness in her, and finds that um that she's not a maiden, meaning that she's not a virgin, right? That he can return her to her parents. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, does it say that if a man takes a wife and finds that she's not a maiden, that he must return her to her parents? No. So what if I meet your daughter and, and she had a fling in high school? Mm. But I love your daughter. And um, your daughter loves me and we want to get married. And I know she had this indiscretion. But I want to forgive that because I love the girl. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Where does yeah. it state in the law that I can't marry her? Where does it state that? Now, if I'm a Levite, it states explicitly that I cannot marry her. But I'm not a Levite. Mm. The man can return a woman. In, in other words, if, you, if I find your daughter and I think she's a virgin, and she tells me she's a virgin, and she's not, no. well, then I'm a deceived man. Do I want that woman? She lied to me. She's yeah. going right back. Yeah. I love her, but she lied to me. I can't trust her for the rest of my life. Yeah. She's yeah. going right back. And if you don't have that sheet, you're stuck with her. And you can have her because she lied to me. But if I love her and she came clean and she told me, look, you know, I was 15 and I was seduced by this guy down the road and he took off. And, and, but I love this girl, and, and um, I want to marry her. And, and I think that she told, she was honest with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, she was honest with me and told me up front. 
So, so I right. think that I can yeah. trust this girl, and I think she loves me, and, and I want to marry her. Where does the law say I can't marry her? Mm. No, that's right. Yeah. It says if she's not a virgin that I can take her back. It doesn't say I have to. It doesn't say thou shalt return her to her family. It don't say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that these people read that law and they read what they want into it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And Jeff Westover and, and Maui Patricia are fools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I don't mind men, and Dan Kersey too. I don't mind mentioning their names. They're fools because they're not distinguishing between the divine will of God and the letter of the law and the permissive will of God. And we have three things going on there, and we have to look at them objectively. Yes, I don't think we've had very deep teaching of Scripture. Uh, we haven't had this opportunity that we're having now of uh, a deeper study of scripture. Sure. I mean, the other thing you mentioned on your Monday program um, about First um, Corinthians 11, I was always taught that that was the yearly communion, and I was wondering whether you keep the Levitical. Well, well, 1 Corinthians 11 is the, the, the weekly gathering. The but weekly Paul's telling these people to eat and drink in their houses because at the assemblies that they have, they can't, that they can't eat and drink righteously. But we've always been told it was the yearly uh, uh, Passover meal. Well, well, there's absolutely no basis for that, right? Except an Anglican right. church basis or a Catholic church basis. So now we're having a deeper insight into Scripture and realizing the teaching has been very started. And that's what's happening now. I mean, Christian and you, we're going, we're being taught um, a more mature reading of Scripture that we haven't had before. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing what we've what we've learned past few months, and it's wonderful to have depth scripture. And I mean, how wonderful to realize that uh, all Israel is going to be saved. You see, I was taught that they would come up in the resurrection and be given a hundred years. I've accepted all this teaching without thinking, but You've made me think about these things. But it's understand it, which is uh, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, Paul talks about the systemization of deception, right? Uh, a lot of men come up with these systems of theology because they can't explain covenant theology correctly. Yeah. It's racial, period. End yeah. of story. Yes. Yeah. That, that's the end of it, right there. Now, now let's talk. Once we get that done, I can never get to this point with all of these people who believe otherwise because there, there are too many distractions involved. 
Yes. Yeah, you know, when people tell me that I spend too much time on the race issue, well, yeah. my understanding of Scripture is a little deeper than that. But <laughs> I can't get to the rest of it unless we all agree on a race issue. Once yeah. we all agree on a race issue, now we can start to learn Scripture. Yes. Oh, yeah. Move on. Yes. Yes, that's what we're doing. Slowly. We all had to be on the exact same page of the race issue first, which I was never quite there with Eli. And, and and all of the Eli acolytes that hate me for splitting with him on a race issue are, are making themselves manifest, right? Mm. And they, 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 they're, you know, they're right there with the Pharisees. They're, they're right there with Maui, Patricia, and the other clowns because they can't get the race issue straight. So let it be made manifest that that's why they disagree with me in the first place. I mean, the rest of this stuff is all fluff. Yes. Well, it's, it's because, um, I mean, religion in past, I always used to wonder, why were they fed to the lions? Why did they have to flee? I mean, if it was a simple religion where nobody was uh, left out... Well, well, right, they weren't teaching peace, love, and joy, that's for sure. That's right. I mean, it's a hard religion, if I could say that. I mean... I, well, well when, we all, when we all get on the same page about the race issue, we can move on to other things. We can talk about pharmaceuticals. We can talk about our relationship with sin. We can talk about good marriages and bad marriages or, or um, times when a man should get married and times when he shouldn't. Well, we can talk about... all all these things, and, and because we've moved past the point of, of judging our brother and, and condemning our brother and, and um, trying to play God rather than trying to play obedient to God's will. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. You've got to lay foundation, haven't you? Before Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the opportunity we're having. Well, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything that I've been saying the last month that isn't somewhere in my writing. I might be wrong, but I don't, yeah, you know, it's all somewhere in my writing. It might be only an illusion or, or um, a short statement, but everything that I've said the last month is somewhere in my writing. That's why I read my sin in the first epistle of John. Well, actually, I'm rereading all all of the fly-leaf papers of Clifton's. I've, I've got all his papers from number 15 up to date. And uh, I'm reading in those. Well, well, you can have the first 14 on his website, right? They're there. Yeah, I'll get those when I but your comments are all in those files. I mean, well, I didn't start proofreading for Clifton, I think, until number 19. Oh, number that. Yeah, well, I'm into the 50s now. You know, I've read a few. I'm going through them again. And uh, and a lot of your points uh, when Clifton's asked you to discuss on the and you're not 
Well, well, I don't think I am. It's it's all stuff that I've talked about in my writing here or there that that um, it's new to a lot of the listeners because I've had to deal with Eli for two years, right? Yeah. That, that's my stepping stone, right? Yes, I think that's what you're coming up against. But even when you were talking, you know, you were with Eli, um, and you were explaining the scripture, uh, people in the chat room were, were just chatting away. They often went on, on subject, on topic, and if they can't have been learning. Well, well, I understand that. I understand there's a lot of things I said that a lot of people missed. So I'll say it all. I'll say it all again, Yali, will I? Good. Hmm. I think we're very privileged to have someone that has put a lot of value. Oh. Jews coming in. An open house. Oh. I'm a bum because I never changed the channel. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I never edited the channel to um, make this the default channel that I get for doing operating my life in a rush, right? Mm-hmm. Now, where were we? But <laughs> well, well, I was basically explaining that... Um, well, well, first, that all, everything that I've taught on the law the last month, I would bet it's somewhere in my writing already. It's not, I'm not making this stuff up new. I mean, it's not a new revelation. And that's why I read my first Epistle of John paper a few weeks ago to show that my position on Israel and sin and condemnation and the law is a position I've had for many years. And, and second, I forget what I wanted to say second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm, I just got a mental block. But but that's well, well, it's all in my writings. It's it's all somewhere in my writings. I'm I'm certain. Yeah, yeah. And, and oh, what I wanted to say secondly was that um, until you know, I could never get a hundred percent on the same page with the racial message, and you can't move beyond into. The, the um, true meanings of a lot of scriptures, unless we're all on the same page with the racial message. It's just that simple. Yeah. Well, in fact, um, what you're teaching about fallen angels is not in many places, only that I understood it because Mr. Armstrong touched on it, but it wasn't any danger to it, like to well, well, the apostles and, and Christ, and, and I've proven this, right, and in, in my, so far in my Matthew interpretation, I've shown where Christ had to be quoting four Maccabees, where he had to be quoting Enoch, that the apostles in many places had to be quoting one Enoch. And I understand that one Enoch isn't one book. It, it's a collection of different books written at different times that were concatenated by men at a, you know, sometime around the time of Christ. Concatenated means to um, to stitch together end to end, kind of, right? But, well, um, one Enoch is really five or six different books. But the part of one Enoch that I quote 
for my position on the fallen angels is from those same chapters and verses that Jude and Peter quote from. And I would rather base, where, where the Bible doesn't tell us something in the 65 books that we have, I don't count Esther, right? If it doesn't tell us something in those 65 books, I would rather base my opinions on one Enoch, where Jude and Peter quoted from, than on some made-up story about Nibiru and Illuminata and, and Anunnaki and, and um, Cro-Magnon Man. Yes, yeah, there's another there's another issue too that uh, I came upon uh, about uh, other races and uh, the judgment of the law with them. For instance, uh, where do they fit in? You murder a black person, they uh, and trying to explain to these people that we're not on the same. You know, not a same judgment. Did Moses murder an Egyptian? <laughs> no. Yes. He killed an Egyptian. Or he killed him, yeah. He didn't murder the Egyptian. Moses you know, purposely killed an, an Egyptian. It wasn't considered murder. Yeah. But, you know, what was the Egyptian? Was he was he a white Egyptian? Did Goliath, um... Did Goliath, what, why am I saying Goliath? Did, um, I'm sorry. Did Samson... Slay how many Philistines with the jawbone of an ass? How many yeah. foreskins of the Philistines did David bring to the, to, to um, King Saul? Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy seven six. Deuteronomy seven six. That covers the whole thing right there. <laughs> well, why don't you read it for us? Huh? Why don't you read it for us? All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I tell people all the time that you can tell me, talk to me about chapters and verses, and I don't know what you're referring to, right? Right. Sometimes I do, but I don't have the Bible memorized that way. Okay, it says here, uh, uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 7, verse 6. Sorry, people, this is out of the uh, Septuagint. Uh, thou art a dedicated to Yahweh thy God, and Yahweh thy God hath chosen thee to be a particular people to himself, in preference to all nations which are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were the most numerous of all nations that Yahweh preferred you to your choice. You the fewest of all nations, but Yahweh loved you therefore in performance of the oath which he swore to your fathers. Uh, Yahweh led you out with a strong hand. Know therefore, Yahweh is thy God, is thy only God to be con confided in, who keepeth the covenant of mercy for thousands of generations. And, uh, and to them indeed, uh, it says there on 10, and to require to their faith them who hate him, so as to destroy them. To them indeed who hate him, he will not be slack. To their face, he will requit them. Therefore, and judgment which I this day command you to do. There you go. You know what the Apostle John defines a murderer as? What? Somebody who hates his brother. Mm hmm. That's a murderer. Mm hmm. It ends there. Yep. And, uh, 
Also here, it, uh, <clears throat> it says here on chapter 7, it says, Now when Yahweh that God has brought you into the land, this is which you are going, there people's death it, and have removed from you the mighty Jewites, <laughs> the southern nation is more nu uh, numerous and stronger than you. When Yahweh thy God shall deliver them into thy hands, thou shalt smite them, thou shalt utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make uh, not a covenant with them, you shall neither uh, slew them, nor show them mercy, nor contract with them. Well, well, the only way to explain this is one way. That God is a racist. Well, it sure sounds like it to me. There's no other way to explain this. And if we aren't all, are all on the same page concerning the race issue, we can never move forward and, and understand the rest of Scripture. Yep. Um, there it is. <laughs> you can't get any more clearer than that. And, uh, and as far as race mixing, it says here, Thou shalt not give thy daughter to his son, nor his daughter to thy son, nor she shall cause thy son to apostatize from me. From me. And Yahweh will be provoked to wrath against you and speedily destroy thee. Well, well I recently made a point that um, Micah chapter 4 says that all nations will walk in the name of their gods, and we, meaning Israel, will walk in the name of our God forever. And the point that I made was that at the return of Christ, if you could find the other gods of those nations, then you could find the people. If you can't find their gods, don't tell me their people are going to be here. It says they're all going to walk in the name of their gods, right? That's right, yeah. If you could find their gods, then you could tell me those people are going to be here. But Yahweh every set also said that every idol would be removed from their lips. Every idol would be cast down and destroyed. Where you find their gods, that's where you will find their people. Yahweh is the God of Israel, and it ends there. Hmm. Yeah. And also Amos, uh, I think it's Amos 2, chapter, or chapter 3, verse 2. The only family in, uh, of all the earth that all have ever known is... is well, well, right. No doubt. I'll look that up here. Too. But it's soft-pedaling soft the race issue is leading to all kinds of error. Where you find their gods, that's where you'll find their people. That's Micah. Mm -hmm. I challenge anybody to show me different. Do you know who we've got to blame for all this? Because if Livingston hadn't have gone to Africa, I mean, what happened before this was over Yeah, you know, um, you're right. You're, you're right, Dorcas. Betty, you're beautiful. You're right. But I wouldn't blame it on Livingston because Yahweh told us that he would sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and the seed of beast. Right? Oh, yes, yeah. Paul Livingston, he's just the sucker that fell for it that happened to be the, the, the victim of the prophecy. That's the way I look at it. It could have been any one of us in his shoes. Hmm. 
Yeah. Hmm. You, you see what I mean? But what yeah. we're to we what we are to do today is decide on whether or not we're gonna eat the sour grapes. Yeah. Ezekiel yeah. chapter thirty one, right? I know and understand the prophecy and the will of God and I am not or at least that particular one. Uh, I'm not going to say I know everything. Believe me, I know far from everything. But I understand that prophecy, and I'll be damned if I'm going to eat the sour grapes. Because everybody that eats the sour grapes shall die. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Their vine is like Sodom. Yeah. Their grapes are the grapes of Gaul. Mm. You wanted to find sour grapes, so let's go to the... The, the first mention in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, watch the Well, well, yes, this is a judgment on our people. But I'm not going to eat the sour grapes. So what is that in jail, actually? I, mean, I, I believe it's the acceptance of what Sodom and Gomorrah accepted. Race mixing, yeah. homosexuality. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah, I was in London yesterday, and it's frightening. It's really frightening. Jamaican, West Indian, African. Uh, I, I can't see... It's all gone too far. There's nothing we can do. Well, well, right. It's frightening. And, and it's our own governments that have done it to us and, and, and the Jewish powers that, that um, control them. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, we as a people have to realize that we have no way out of this except for our God. No. no. And when we as a people make that realization and repent of what we've done, then he will cleanse us. That, that promise is sure in Scripture. No. Yeah. Uh, but what, uh, what I, uh, <clears throat> Trying to make these laws work, like I, we we spoke before about the Tuesday bill, we were talking about um, rapists and child molesters and stuff like that. In our society nowadays, uh, trying to keep laws, Yahweh wants us to, it's almost impossible. The way I see it now, until Christ comes back and we can uh, we can uh, apply His laws, when we're all one race of people, that now today is hard to do. Hard to run and letting these people out of prison. Uh, I mean, it's already proven that you let these guys that that, uh, that rape and everything like that, they go out of prison, they go back and rape again. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, well, that's why we're at the point where the Scripture tells us to get out of Babylon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And, and you get out of Babylon, and Babylon follows you. <laughs> Everywhere you go, Babylon follows you. Well, well, right, but you, you have to separate you yourself know. from the society. We're supposed to hate the society, not embrace yeah. it. We can Well, we don't have a political solution. We can't fix what's broke. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, we don't want to fix the world. But, I mean, if someone comes and, you know, that, that's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. Someone came and say raped, raped your daughters or, or attacked your family, whatever. Pretty hard to just let them go. <laughs> no, well, well of course it is. But judgment is Yahweh's. That's that's what we're told. No, that is, we don't have that ability or that right to judge by the law anymore. We've lost that. We've given it up ourselves. We've given it to Satan. But don't you think he he was going? Give him a good pacing or whatever. I mean, you can't. That's right. You've got to, yes, just... Well, well, I understand that, but but you know, and and we all want to do that. That's our first urge. Is my first urge all the time. But but I've been in federal prison for twelve years. It's not fun, right? And, and that's right where you're gonna go. The court's gonna protect the damn rapist. They're gonna protect the criminal. They do it all the time. Yeah, yeah they do. Your, your best your best bet is to live a righteous life, to stay away from the cities, to stay away from the system to the fullest extent you, that you can, and pray to God that the judgment of those beasts doesn't come upon you. Yeah. yeah. Well, now we got them walking up and down our street. Well, well that's the time that we're in, Danny. I, just, I can't believe it. I mean, you come all the way over here to Northern Ireland, and now you don't go out without looking to the left or right. It's just happened in the last six months over here in Northern Ireland. I mean, you can't look left or right without seeing now some patchy or... And, and pretty soon you won't be able to let, look left or right without seeing a blonde with one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I know. Well, you know what, what happens, and I'll tell you what's going to happen here. Uh, the people over in England already know it, but I'll tell you, like these people over here in Northern Ireland, what's going to happen now will be your daughters will be raped. Young girls will be attacked on the street. Well, what has been going on in, in Norway and Sweden for, for, yeah. for... Well, not here. I mean, Here's in Northern now. Ireland, when I came over, they, I didn't, maybe one family... But this was, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here if, hmm. when they start doing that. Because over here, yeah. they don't call the police. They don't call the police. They take care of it themselves. Yeah. It's going to be sure. interesting to see what happens here. Uh, speaking to a lot of these people, I've talked to them almost every day. Well, what do you think about this? What do you think about these people? Well, they don't like it. You know, uh, but uh, I hear the reaction from some of these people. Like I have said before, you know, I, mean, I, I don't want to be. They, they'll say, "Well, I've never had a white man try to kill me." I mean, I've never had a black man try to kill me. Well, not yet. Yeah, well, that's total white stupidity because they can't just uh, they, they can't just open a book and look at the pages of uh, the pictures of Detroit, or get on a website and look at the pictures of Philadelphia. England. Looking over in mm. England. Huh? Mm. People over in England know they're butchering. Our race has to be made to understand that whenever you, you, you have, wherever you have Africans, you end up with Africa. There's no doubt. Mm. Oh, it's, it's, it's mm. absolutely. 
mean, yeah, I, you know, if you throw six ingredients together and throw it in the oven, and it comes out like cake every time, you have to assume that whenever those six ingredients come together, you're going to end up with cake. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Why don't we understand that? Yes. If you take yeah. one city and 100,000 Negroes, you end up with Detroit. It might take 10 years, but it's inevitable that you're going to end up with Detroit. Just like adding so much um, eggs and water and flour and milk and putting it in a pan in an oven, and you're going to end up with cake. But there's no difference. No, we're going to end up like trying to research in London. I came to a through a Well, I think Bangladesh is going to end up better. <laughs> Yeah, right. There'll be a tsunami there. Pray that there's a tsunami and goes and washes everything out. So, and then you'll be all right. And they're spending mm -hmm. billions on this Olympic stadium. They're what? Well, they're spending billions for the Olympics. Building oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah. stadium. That's yeah. the stadium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what really bothers me is I've been through all this scenario before a couple times twice now. When I was real young, I saw the same thing happen, you know, where they start bringing these, these blacks in and stuff, and then what happens? Uh, you know, I've seen it before twice, and now, now you've come over here to probably one of the whitest nations. When I first came over here a year ago, yeah. 15 years ago, and yeah. now you see the now you see them it, before oh they're coming you know because of the you see the posters up and everything like that and I would tell my wife as I already mentioned before to you guys here they're they're going to do that here they're bringing these people here they're building all these new houses for these people to move yeah. right in yeah mm -hmm. and and they're moving I mean I'm telling you guys I have never seen. A place get integrated so fast, like here in Northern Ireland, and I hate to say it. Yeah, you yeah. you talk to the you talk to the council people and tell them, and and it's like no one they don't want to. What do you you know they don't want to hear it. No, nah, like, you know that you're committing, you're going along with with genocide here. Yeah. What do you? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It it just really it alarms you. You feel like you know picking up the torch and. And yeah. with it, but uh, mm. over here, the oh. I've talked to many of the council people. I mean, there are cafe and stuff, and uh, they just avoid you, you know, because I think I don't know. Someone's getting paid off, you know. They uh, this new world order people, these Jews and stuff, they pay all these people. They yeah, pay all sure. these people off and everything, you know. And yeah. I mean, I think they got the paramilitaries paid off. Because before it was like, you know, no surrender and, you know, Ulster, keep Ulster free, you know, from the Catholic or the Protestant churches. You know, they're both fighting each other, IRA. And now, yeah. and now you hear not a word. Who can fight with the beast? Pardon me? Mm. Who can fight with the beast? Who can? Yeah. <coughs> you know, it's difficult I mean, I, right. I don't give up. I, I try to talk to people, spread the word and everything, and do mm. mailings and pass stuff out. And 
Well, you do what you have to do, but but our, our people have to repent. That's what we have to do. We have to stop worshiping the Jew. We have to stop chasing idols. We we have to stop taking out usurious loans. We have to stop borrowing the Jews' money. It, it's there's a lot of things we have to stop doing, and and it's, it's Babylon's not going to fall until we do that. Yeah, I mean the power still is. All we have to do is boycott all Jewish products. And I've always said that. Uh, I remember... Um, boycott the banks. Boycott the banks. They won't be able to. You sign your own lives away when you when you, you frequent these banks that, that give out those loans to aliens at, at special discounts so that they could build housing for more aliens. Well, you should see over here, Bill, all these... these Yes, I, I came out of the gym yesterday, and here comes this big, bald-headed buck nigger, as we would say in America. I'm so, I don't have any, I don't know, I'm the only ones I've ever seen, they're, I don't care if they're supposed to be nice or not, it's not a personality contest anyway, but this big black buck nigger gets out of this brand new, brand new BMW convertible, and he's just walking along there like he was just cat's meow. Could I do that down in Watts, in, in Los Angeles? Can I get out of my white BMW convertible in the middle of a black area with a gym and go in there? And, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't well, of course you can. They'd kill me. But there's nigger, and no one said a word about it, you know. <laughs> I watched him on my car. He just got out. A brand new BMW he got out of. I mean, where are these people getting these cars? And these Absolutely. blacks that they have here, uh, you guys, these blacks here are right from Africa. Mm. These are not English-speaking, you know, maybe from England or wherever. These are Africans from Nigeria, Congo, yeah. and South Africa, right. and all this stuff. Just amazing. I wonder what the Queen thinks about it all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what does she really think about it? Well, I had an article. I have it on my hard drive somewhere waiting to be posted, but, but it's um, along with 50 million other articles. But this one is a Negro from Africa who is um, has been arrested for sex crimes and who can't be deported because of some special legal status he has. So, so they give him a thousand pounds a month. Come yeah. on. Oh, yeah, that's in England, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. That's right. Well, well, it's the only place they give out pounds, I think. It's interfering with his family. Yeah, it's interfering with his married life or something. I'd interfere with his married life. I'd castrate the bastard from the neck down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and another thing, too, now that this, they got this uh, they got this uh, usurper in the White House called the American president, you know, blacks, I noticed when I was in the, in, in the States, they're like a protective species. They're like a special breed now. In America. Yeah. I mean, oh. just, just, well, well uh, there's, a, there's a video clip that I put on the front page of Christogeny that, that I got off YouTube. It came from CNN, and Obama stood there with a straight face and said that his father was a World War II veteran that came home and, and um, 
and, and was taken care of with some kind of benefits or something. And, and that's an absolute lie. Mm, it, it's an absolute you know, straight lie. There's a lot of cocaine and stuff, too, so you got to make mm. them off of those weird things like that. He's probably high or something. Well, well it's a bold-faced lie under any... And, and the media yeah. gives him a free ticket on it. Oh, yeah. Well, he, if, yeah if that I was George Bush that said that or any, yeah, you know, Republican, yeah. uh, I mean, it's all, it, it's all a phony dichotomy. I understand that. Yes. But if it was anybody that's supposed to be a conservative or white or look conservative, the media would be all over them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I, another thing that's, that uh, I'd like to talk about is um, Christ. Get back to this here, because it's really been um, been on my mind a lot about how Christ said He came not to change the law, but to change the and I know you, you uh, I know you've written on this bill, but wasn't a lot of those laws that he was speaking about was the law of the sacrifice? No, 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 no. He was speaking about the law. Period. He wasn't drawing a distinction. Yes, the sacrifices and oblations were to cease. Yes, the ritual laws were to end. But here's what we don't understand. Okay. The moral laws of Yahweh, which are basically encoded in the Ten Commandments, you know, it's hard to, to, to um, break, to keep Yahweh's moral laws and break the Ten Commandments or vice versa, right? The moral laws of Yahweh are eternal. I, I mean, that's self-evident. That's evidence from reading the Scripture. Okay? But the law of the Levit Levites, the Levitical laws of the Old Kingdom had to come to an end. If they didn't come to an end, then judgment is required. So Yahweh came and died as a man so that Israel would not be judged by the law. It's that simple. And also, he's to save us from sin. And, and I believe that he... He saved us from the judgments against us for sin. That's how he saved us from sin. Yeah, but I mean to save our spirits from the ne from going into the netherworld. That when we die now, I believe that we don't go into any captivity because the captives have been set free. Well, well, that has to do with alienation from God, right? And yes, and and we when we, I believe when we pass away when we die our spirits go back into the heavenly planes. Where I go Until Yahweh came here as a man and died, fulfilling the law, right. we were under the judgments of the law. So until that happened, we were alienated from God. That's the way Paul describes it. That's what it means to be in the prison, as Peter says that Christ went and preached to the spirits in prison. That's where the whole idea of hell comes from, from our ancestors. That's where that concept comes from. It represents that state of alienation from God, which we had in the physical and in the spiritual world. But that ended when Christ died... And we were freed from the law. We weren't freed from any particular part of the law. Yes, the rituals were done away with. But we were free from the judgments of the law, period. There's no distinction.
Yeah, when, and and I got ten. I I, I don't have them in, in my head, but I've got mm -hmm. ten scriptures I've gone over that support that contention. That that are very explicit. That we were free from the judgment of the law. Paul says very explicitly, "You are not under the law; you are under favor," which means that we have the favor of Yahweh. That we won't be judged by the law. We're told explicitly over and over again that we're not going to be judged by the law because if we did, Yahweh would never be. If, if we were, Yahweh would never be able to keep the promise to Abraham that his seeds would be as the sand of the sea and the stars of heaven. Yeah. You start taking out sinners, and, and you know what we're going to be down to? What we're going to be down to Abraham and Christ, period. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I agree hmm. with that. That's right, too. You know, we do. We always point our fingers at everybody else and not look at ourselves. All have fallen short. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That does make no, sense. I don't care if Jeff Westover wants to find self-righteousness because he no longer sleeps with his wife. He better be keeping the entire Hebrew law. He better never have broken one of them. Right. And that's why Paul says, you proclaim not to steal. Do you steal? That's why James says, he who um, keeps the whole law and fails in one point is liable for the whole law. You might proclaim... You might... Say that you don't steal, and you're over there, and and um, yet you're charging somebody interest on a loan. Mm. Yeah. I, I pointed out two weeks ago in my Matthew presentation that if you go to bed with a debt, you have violated the law. Yeah. That's why I pointed that out. That's why the parable of the vineyard workers, they all had to be paid at the end of the day. Because the, the mm -hmm. Levitical law says you cannot go to bed with a debt. Mm -hmm. We all have a debt. We all have we a all debt every night we go to bed. I got a phone bill in the mail. I didn't pay it yet. Mm -hmm. I, get, I, I got my gas and light bill. I didn't pay it yet, right? I, I mean, we go to bed with a debt every night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We all do. We all have invoices, bills, something to pay. At some time in our life, and we've gone to bed without paying it for thirty days until it's due, right? Until it says it's we still owe the debt. Yeah. So, so that's in the Levitical law. So you could say, "Oh, I never had sex, you know, illicitly," but then you've been breaking this other law. You're, now, you, now you know what you are. Now you're a hypocrite. Because you're boasting in the law, and you've been breaking half of them. That these clowns, they want to hold us to this, to this measure of the law. They don't know the law. If they knew the law, they would realize they have broken half of them. Well, you can imagine when uh, Christ, we all think about when Christ was on this earth and at one time when uh, on the day they were hungry, walking through a. Walking through a cornfield and they picked corn and this and the Pharisees got all over them, you know. They were hungry. I mean what else would you do? You would do that? You know? So you can imagine what Christ went through with you know, the same thing. Well well there's a hypocritical woman named Diane Price. And Diane Price, that this hypocritical woman has been has been attempting to um, criticize me for my positions on the law, and she has pictures of herself on her Facebook with, with Negro women. Mm -hmm. mm. 
And the same God that insists that we uphold the law also insists that we don't join ourselves to the, the impure, that we come out from among them and be separated. So she's a hypocrite because she would keep one law and, and then ignore half the other words of God. No, no. So you don't think we should go down and try to save the, all the homosexuals and everything? And well, well, of course not. Bill Christian's here. Hello, Christian. Yeah. Well, I, it does really. It does make sense. Pointing, uh, all pointing fingers at each other and. Well, well, you know, it, it's when you do harm to somebody else in the community, that person should try to correct you. And if you don't repent of it, that person has every right to take it to the community, right? We can't go around harming each, harming each other and using the liberty that we have in Christ. You know, the apostles talked about this. Paul talked about it, and Peter talked about it. There's two witnesses. We should not use the liberty that we have in Christ as a cover for evil. In other words, I go steal your car and rape your daughter. Why? Because I know that all Israel is going to be saved. No. <laughs> we don't permit that. And we don't justify ourselves by that. We don't use our liberty in Christ as a cover for wrongdoing. We seek to establish and uphold those eternal moral laws of God. But we don't hold our brother and judge him by the letter of the Levitical law. We've all broken it. <laughs> and the Levitical law is fulfilled. It's fulfilled. That Greek word means ended. If it's not ended, first we would still have a Levitical priesthood. Because the Levitical law yeah. came with a priesthood to enforce it. Hmm. Yeah. And that's in the law. Hmm. So how could Yahweh expect us to live by a law that he's only given us half the tools? He doesn't expect us to live by that law. He expects us to do exactly what he told us, to keep his commandments and love our brother. Yeah. But the letter of the law, we are not to judge our brother by. Nah. If I catch you hammering together a doghouse on the Sabbath, I'm not going to excoriate you for that. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Mm. I do gardening on the Sabbath. To me, that is rest. That is my day of rest. That is a restful activity. I don't do it. I, I, I sit here at my computer every other day. I'm using using an example. Now, now a Jew rabbi would be over here telling me that I can't plant those seeds on the Sabbath, <laughs> and I would tell him, "Get lost! I need my spinach." They argue about how far you're supposed to drive or travel on the on the Sabbath. Well, of course they do. You know, I came into, I was out in Palm Springs in California once uh, during, I think it was, uh, I think it was Passover or something, the day of Passover, and uh, I walked through this hotel, this, this something, whatever, 
and it was uh, all the Jews were there. Um, I guess they go out there every they go out there every uh, Passover. But anyway, they were just lying all over the place, and the rabbis were standing. There was about four different rabbis, and they were walking through, keeping an eye on them. It looked like a prison camp. You could see all the little ones there, all sitting there looking out at the swimming pool and everything with their little yarmulkes on, you know. <laughs> and the rabbis walking around. They didn't get up and do anything. They had to stay there and lie around. Very can interesting. I, can I ask a question? Sure. Do you, do you keep the Levitical uh, do I? I'm, I'm going to be honest. No, I don't. And I'll tell you why. Because I have absolutely nobody to keep them with. Well, well I don't. If I was in a community of people that, that we, I, I would be very happy to keep the, the feast days, the tabernacles. If I had somebody I could go Passover with, I would be happy to do it. Right. Well, Maybe next right. year. Yes. Well, I've got so two or three in this country who I know. Uh, we're all so many miles away from each other, but we 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 just commemorate the Passover day and take unleavened bread and the wine. Right. And, and that's fine. That, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Because you remember in the, 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 the things that Yahweh did for our ancestors, and that's fine. Paul tells us yeah. we should keep the feast. I would love to keep tabernacles. Uh, yeah. I have, who am I going to tabernacle with? Yeah, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, you and Clifton could tabernacle together. There you go. You guys only live 400 miles away from each other, don't you? <laughs> More like six. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, I've always liked it. That's one thing I did enjoy about uh, uh, when I was I belonged to Gale's church up there in Glendale. Was uh, we got together for the feast, and that was that was pretty. Good. Yeah, that's wonderful. You don't do it for the letter of the law, though. You do it for, for your brethren and and to um to, to, and and for edification and and to devote that time to to God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just the fellowship when you're amongst all your own people like that is just fantastic. I don't know. You just have to, just something like that. You have to plan that out and have everybody meet at a place. Yeah. But it's, uh, I enjoyed it. Those few years that we did go through, there was a, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <clears throat> But I so, think I think a lot of people miss that. It yeah. combines you together, doesn't it? Well, look at Team Speak. I mean, look at this group we're with. Yeah. This is fantastic. I have yeah. never, ever, other than going to attending the church back years back, okay. spoken with so many people from so many different countries that believe the same thing as I do. Nice. You know, it's even even better. <laughs> Thank you, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, wonderful opportunity. Hmm. Um, and also, you know, here's, a, here's another verse I thought was very interesting. We were talking about the law, and we were talking about judging and all this kind of stuff, because there are times when we do have to make a judgment call. Um, but here, I was looking at the Gospel of John, 
uh, the seventh verse, um, twenty-four, or the seventh chapter, twenty-fourth verse, says, "Do not judge by sight, but judge a righteous judgment." And I thought that was uh, very interesting um, because there are times when we do have to make a judgment call. Well, well, that's why every man is a liar, right? Because, and, and Clifton said this a few weeks ago, because every man doesn't have the facts. No man has all the facts. No. Only Yahweh, you know, that's why only God can judge by his divine will. None of us have a right to do that. Because none of us could possibly know what's at, what, what actually torments a man, what's going through his, his heart, what circumstances he's under when he does something that we perceive as evil. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this, it says, do not judge by sight, but judge a righteous judgment. Well, well right. Let's say you stole my car, and I want to shoot you. But I don't know you stole my car because you you, you got to get your daughter to the hospital and your car broke down. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, you know, you may not be dressed well or, you know, you might look like a, you might be someone from off the streets or something like that. And you have this other man that actually ripped your car off. Think that this guy did because he's not that... Uh, well, well, yeah, James gets into that in, in James chapter 2. But there's actually a young couple that got caught the other day. It was big news up here that they got caught with a stolen pickup truck. You know where they went with it? Where? Walmart. <laughs> I swear. They stole a pickup truck from Sherburn. The, the Walmart's about five miles south of me, and Sherburn's a town about 15 miles north. Hmm. That They stole a truck from Sherburn from a business and drove it to Walmart and got caught. <laughs> well, my brother got robbed by a couple blacks. A couple niggers robbed him, and he found his wallet in a trash in a trash can of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Of course it did. <laughs> <laughs> they robbed. They robbed him to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. That was very interesting. The law is a very interesting subject. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, right. We should seek to keep it, but we're not going to be judged by it. So how do you hold your brother to a standard? And, and that's what the, the, the apostle stated explicitly in Acts chapter 15, what, where it said that um, the Pharisees were commanding the converts at Antioch to be circumcised and to keep the laws of Moses. And the response the apostles gave was, do not lay a yoke upon the neck of the disciples that our fathers could not bear. Hmm. Now, they didn't understand every aspect of the fulfillment of the law yet at that time, but they did understand that and said that the Holy Spirit moved them to state that. The book of Acts is a book of transition, as Clifton likes to explain, and we should always keep that in mind, that the apostles, and I lay this out in my baptism in what paper, that the apostles um, came to a fullness of the understanding of our relationship with God in the New Covenant as the book of Acts transgressed. I, I mean, as it transpired, I'm sorry. 
In, in other words, it took them some time to um, sort out what the, this um, death by Christ actually fully meant, what implications it had in our relationship with God. Hmm. One really has to understand and, and study the Old Testament in order to, to, um, to come to the same conclusion. But studying the Old Testament, one will come to the same conclusion if you study it honestly. It's very clear in the Old Testament that Israel couldn't be judged by the law because Yahweh was going to come as a man and die so that Israel would not be judged by the law because all of Israel was liable to death and worthy of death, but he said that Israel would live. That's a dilemma, and the only way he could get out of it is to come as a man and die, as Paul explains, to free the wife, to discharge the wife from the law. From the law of the husband. It's very clear in Romans chapter 7. And it's very clear in Hosea and Jeremiah and Isaiah, too. Well, well, it would, this would have come out between me and EI eventually, but but it was so many other things were in the way that that um that that were preventing it. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, you know, when you, you're going over a passage of Scripture like Romans 7, and I'm sure I mentioned this in, in, when we covered Romans 7, but, but um, you're going over so many passages of Scripture, and there's so much that needs to be ironed out and explained, it, it's hard to get to the meat of a lot of matters. It's the myth. Yeah. You, you know, I look at my work with Eli for two and a half years as, as, as the, the milk end of the gospel, right? <laughs> yes, I understand what you're saying. There's yeah. the milk and then there's the meat. Yeah. That's right. I've got to go right. on the meat, actually. Mm. And, and I never really liked being the milk guy anyway. I'm not the milk guy, but, but sometimes you have to be. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's funny, when you get into the message, you start learning about the... Uh, history, and then it just it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> so, and you better have the right correct answers because I always found trying to explain things to people that it has to make sense. Or the, it has to make sense. It has to be true. It has to fit. It has to fit science, it has to fit archaeology, yeah. it has to fit the history, and uh, and that's one thing about the truth, if you know shall make you free, the truth shall make you free, but it fits, and it makes sense, because I've had people say that, you know, geez, that really makes sense. Yeah. It yeah. Uh, and you, when you're trying to apply it to all these different races and people, and uh, when the Bible specifically says... Israel, and I think it's I, like I was telling the people, you know, Israel is basic. Talking about the basic story of the Bible, then it's all about it's all about Israel. 
I'd like to ask these born again Christians, well, you know, ready to go and you know, saved and all that stuff. And I said, yeah, but it says that the, that the twelve gates are going to are only for the twelve tribes of Israel, the people who called Israel. No one else gets in. Those who came down from heaven and but through the everybody else goes into the lake of fire. You understand that? <clears throat> Yeah. That's what the scripture says. Everybody outside the gates goes into the lake of fire. They don't go back to Mexico. <laughs> There's no place called Lake of Fire in China. Not at any map I ever looked at, or in Africa. <laughs> that, that read Revelation chapter 22. The names of the t the twelve tribes of Israel are written on the twelve gates of the city, and and the city contains twelve a tree with a tree meaning one race with twelve manner of fruits. One for each of the twelve tribes. Yeah, that was, that was, mm -hmm. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, the Israel nations. No. Of course, everybody outside the walls of that city goes into the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. That's why I said, if you could find their gods, Micah chapter 4, everyone, every people, it says all people in Hebrew, it says all people will walk after the name of their God, and we will walk after the name of our God forever. If you could find their gods, that's where you'll find their people. Yeah. And if their gods don't exist, guess what? <laughs> they're walking in the same name. They're, they're, don't, they're, they're taking the same route. Yeah, whenever you ask these Muslims about their God, you know, I, I, well, how do, how do I know that the... Guys, even had a god. Who well, well, Allah does mean oak tree in Hebrew. That can be established. <laughs> you know, they say his grave. Well, we, his grave. You know, I and it says, well, buried there. Yeah, he's buried there. Well, well, my God's grave is open, he's alive, not dead. He's active. But I never did. Uh, some Muslims that I uh, that came into our restaurant there, I got in a conversation with a couple of them. I never could find out exactly who, is, who Allah supposed to have been. They don't know. They don't know. <laughs> Muhammad made it up, so they can't answer that question. They can't answer. They, I asked mm -hmm. well, who is Allah? And some pagan god out in the desert somewhere, from what I understand. Basically where I come from. I think Big Ben is trying to play the clarinet and not doing too good. Yeah, what is that? Should I get my guitar? We're going to have a little music here. Or? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I've turned off one clock and I haven't turned off the other one. Yeah. What, what, what? These English people, what's up with them? they got clocks all over their homes that go off with all these funny noises all day. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. How did they ever win those two wars? I just can't. I, uh, I'm still having trouble with trying to get my time set with my ringing of the clock. Um, were you, were you the one that told me that you're supposed to turn it backwards or something, or? I think Chris is the expert. Chris, he should know. But I haven't heard that. I just... I cannot get my... Oh, what I do... Now I've stopped here at seven. Mm -hmm. 
I'll go just do it to half past and then it is <laughs> that was driving nuts going off at my house every hour. <laughs> well, After about a certain time, I would get the hammer. <laughs> yeah, something. I don't know what it is, but I noticed that even all my Irish friends that, that came over from Ireland that I knew in California, they all had those clocks, and, and my wife went and bought one, too. I don't want to be reminded of how late in the day it is, and I haven't gotten enough done yet. No. But it does, uh, I mean, if you're if you're sleeping on the couch downstairs, absolutely <laughs> drive you nuts. <laughs> oh, oh, you nuts. don't sleep. <laughs> no, yeah. 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 no, I have to yeah. stop them. Do they go off at night, too? Like, do you hear the, um, like, 3 a.m., oh, ding, dong, ding, dong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. all night. <laughs> We got a really cool old one. My wife found an old antique. It's pretty nice looking, and uh, but it's downstairs, and you know the houses are built so thick here. Everything is concrete. Mm-hmm. That you really don't hear too. It's not too bad, but and I think she got she has this, so I won't pass out downstairs. Well. <laughs> <laughs> In all the old stately homes in England, they used to have grandfather clocks and grandmother right, right. clocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they, were, yeah, yeah. they were a feature. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's nice to sit, you can, to listen to a tick of a clock. You don't get that with the electronic clocks. Right. <laughs> it's nice. Most of us. You're quiet and just got the ticking of the clock. Peaceful. Yeah, the hour's ticking away. <laughs> yeah. What about what about you, Bavarian man? Do you have a TikTok clock too? Yes, yeah, I have a cuckoo clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in cuckoo clock territory. I don't want noisy clocks. I'll stop them. <laughs> I have the electronical ones. The only time I have a no problem with a, a clock which is giving me hours or quarters and even half hours, that's when I'm in the observatory because the village tower is not too far away and every quarter of an hour you do hear him. <laughs> well, maybe the attachment to the clock comes with the attachment to the bliss of one's childhood. Uh, I could understand that. Oh, could be. Yeah. Yes, it must be. Yeah. My grandmother had one at her house, too. Mm. Yeah. Well, 40 yeah. years ago, when I was <laughs> in the Netherlands living, I had the little TikTok, TikTok clocks, and I was in bed, and I was listening to the swinging of these. I said, I'm never going to sleep. I said, this is crazy. <laughs> Got out of my bed, stopped all these clocks, and I said, now it's over. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But even in the Netherlands, it was usual to have these long tail clocks and the Frisian clocks, they would call it. And you could see them everywhere, and all the households did have them. But nowadays, and you, a lot of people are a lot more quiet because it's taking your rest away. And during the night, you need to have your rest. And uh, such, such noisy devices in the house, there's too much noise in the day's times. Why should you continue that in the night? I don't like it. <laughs> Yeah. <coughs> yeah. But the elderly people, indeed, they do have such clocks. Let them have it. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> I mean, uh, 
I just haven't uh, been able to uh, synchronize dongs right time. <laughs> or the dongs, or whatever you want to call them. You just do it slowly uh, by hand until you get right. the sequence. You have to wait until the time of the last one. Right. When it went, and then go on from there. I'll wait until that time comes round again. You mean just turn yeah. it off then? Yes, until the last. Yes, until yeah. you reach that chime, and then you start from there, and it'll write itself. I believe that's what I do. Well, I'll have to try that because it absolutely drives me nuts that I, that I can't get <laughs> I just don't like it. You know, it's ringing yeah. at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's ringing, you know, 11 times. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got no, <laughs> All right. No, you wait for it till 11 has gone and then just move it past and it'll write itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, so I you see... Not change the subject about clocks, but I see over in the states there that they raise the debt limit ceiling again, borrowing more money. Uh huh. Borrowing more money. Mm-hmm. And all the Jews are they're just they're, they're rubbing their hands. Oy vey. Disgusting. Well, well, somebody made a good point in a, in a, in a yeah, you know, one of those quaint little quips that said that um, the government raising the debt limit to cure the economic crisis is like raising the blood alcohol limit to cure the the drunk driving problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> I mean, it goes into trillions. You can't imagine that. Yeah. Well, there's another law of Yahweh that if we we uh, went by his laws that we wouldn't have this debt. No. Every dollar in it debt. That's right. Every dollar in debt equals many dollars that the Jews have stolen from the American people. Right. I think when these American when these people the thing I think what's setting up now is these Jews are coming out of the closet everywhere in all these different countries now, not just in one country, but all over the world. The white race are starting to find out about these what they're doing, and I understand sure, yeah. now. And I can see that what's coming to them. There's nowhere they're going to be able to go to, uh, once <laughs> the white man wakes up. All right. Um, then they will be screwed. I don't even think Madagascar. Not even. I don't think they're going to be able to get out of any countries. I think it's, it's going to be it. So well, be well that's the parable of the fig tree, right? When you see the parable of the fig tree when it shoots. Yes. Remember the fig tree. When you see the fig tree when it shoots forth its branches, you'll know that your redemption yeah. is nigh. And that's, uh, that's the cursed fig tree. Yeah. No. Its yeah. branches are shot forth all over the place. And, and by that, we should know what we hold the promises of Yahweh. The first 18 chapters of the book of Revelation, well, the first 17, have surely been fulfilled. 
We're just waiting for those last chapters. There's no yeah. doubt, seeing the fulfillment of the yeah, first yeah. 17, that the rest of the book is going to come to fruition. I, I mean, Christians should not yeah. doubt that. But, well, the problem is most Christians don't even know what the hell the book's talking about in the first place. But mm. but, but that yeah. doesn't mean that the, the, the fulfillment still won't come, right? Mm. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, that's what we're here for. <laughs> hey, yeah. Tell them mm. about it. Well, well, we hope so, right? Well, we got to do what we have to do. Well, what we have to do. Absolutely. Do what yeah. I would say, you know. I mean, but first we have to get on the same page, or we're we're just useless. Uh, I mean, we or at least we have to identify who's on the same page and, yeah, and identify them ourselves with them. Yes, I agree. I agree. Hmm. That we all we all have to start thinking. And and coming together on this message instead of branching off in this and you know it just doesn't uh, I think we'll be more effective. Well, well, that's why I say that unity really can only come through the scripture. But because um, who who would listen to the trumpet and prepare for war when the trumpet plays an uncertain sound? Well, well, there's a lot of trumpets walking around in identity that are playing uncertain sounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the thing about it is, come, let's reason together. Let's sit down as brothers and sisters and discuss this and, and, and hash it out. And make it well, well, right, but I'm, I'm not going to go by um, man's reasoning, right? Blessed are the peacemakers. I've, I've proven from the Old Testament that the peacemakers... Mm -hmm are those who would be willing to abide by the Word of God. They are the peacemakers. It's not man's peace that we seek. It's God's peace. Right. Yeah, well, they'll flake off. And, and uh, it's just like all of us here tonight. Um, you know, we come together, we, we get to talk about uh, things and, and work stuff out, talk about. I mean, I didn't, when I first heard uh, and read uh, Clifton Emmerheiser's uh, uh, information, you know, I didn't agree with a lot of this stuff, but I started looking into it. And I didn't agree with Bill <laughs> a lot of stuff, <laughs> but you start looking into it and say, hey, wait a minute, maybe he's on to something here. And that's just the way it is. And you have to be, we all learn we all learn something new every day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, those of us who do good are those that realize we can. Yeah. I mean, the, the way things are, archaeology, uh, coming up with new new discoveries and new things come. You know, it's just yeah. never the Bible and the, our history. The history of our race just never ends. It's always something great. It, yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's a fantastic, I'm just, I feel so blessed that, that I was born into this race, and I am one of Yahweh's children. Yeah. Yeah. For that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think so. And, and I'm glad you. my mom and dad stuck to their guns. <laughs> yeah. And to keep your mind open, that when you learn something, you just don't draw the lines under it and say, well, that's that. I right. think hmm. you, your mind has got to be open. You well, it's always been. It'll fit. Yes. Yeah. 
And and if you come to a point where something's really bothering you about something, uh, it's just I'll, it's just like when Bill brought it up about the uh, about the baptism. You know, I just uh, at first I just thought, no, that's not right. You have to be baptized by water. That's all there is to it. You know, but there was something that questioned that in my mind. That well, why did John the and it always did too. I just never took it to another. You know, never took it to another level. Why did John the Baptist say that Christ is going to come and baptize you with with fire? Uh, you know, with fire. Yeah. And it's like, why did he say that? Well, well, I hate to boast, but how many people, how many pastors in CI can tell you why John was baptizing? Well, with a straight answer right from Scripture. It's a damn shame, but I don't think there's any. <laughs> you ask him, why, why was John baptizing and why was Christ baptized? Two simple okay. questions. I'll bet 99% of them can't answer. I'll bet 100% can't answer you, unless they listen to my program on it. I hate <laughs> to boast, but that's just a simple fact. Well, so I know they had to cleanse yourself with water before they went in the temple. Right. And and the lamb had to be cleansed before the sacrifice. It had to be washed. The lamb had to be oh, washed before. Oh. It, it's that simple. John the, Baptist, John the Baptist was doing exactly what Malachi was saying he'd do, cleansing the sons of Levi. Why? Yes. Because that's the law. Hmm. That the priests get, get cleansed before the sacrifice. And he washed the lamb. Now, if any of us think that we need that washing with water, that means that we're trying to make ourselves either a Levitical priest or we're trying to make ourselves a lamb. And I'm not going to baptize anybody because I sure as hell ain't John the Baptist. I ain't worthy to wash the lamb or the priest. And... That, that it's that that's the bottom line. It had a historical fulfillment in the law. That was a that's, that's a good question. I never thought about that, but I always thought that you know because I know that you had to cleanse yourself when you went into the temple, that the, you, and your sacrifice had to be cleaned. Well, well, right. You might get that answer out of some of them, but it was specifically stated in Malachi why John was baptizing. None of us had that commission. So why would we be baptizing in water? Yeah, yeah, the cleansing is with the Word. The cleansing right. is the understanding that, that when you um, accept the sacrifice that your God made for you, that you would want to conform himself, yourself to his will and cleanse yourself of, of the things of the world. Okay. Yeah, that all makes sense, yeah. But when yes. you come up from the baptismal waters a new man, I mean, I can't remember the scripture now. Yeah, you become the new man when you immerse yourself in Christ's death. Yes, okay. I think you become the new, the, it's a, the acceptance of the sacrifice of your God on your behalf that makes you the new man, that leads you to understand that you have to purge yourself of the sin of the world in order to please your God because he has promised you eternal life through his sacrifice. That, that's a whole different story. Like I said, before we talk about any of that, we've got to get on the same page with the race thing. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a big thing. Like I said before, I, I talked with a guy uh, yesterday about that. He, oh, I, I just can't. Get, I you can you can't go go ahead and 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 murder some black man and not stand trial for it. And I said, well, the law. Well, well right, but that's the, the that, that's that that's paying homage to Caesar. That that's the the submission that we have to submit to Caesar. That's not to God. You know, people. A lot of people. They get it mixed up between a racial issue and a personality contest. Well, well, right, of course they do. And and that's the permissive will of God. God permits Caesar to rule over us because of our sin. So we're forced to live by the laws of Caesar rather than the laws of God. Right. Yeah, and, and because they know some black man is supposed to be a nice guy and everything, or some Mexican is supposed to be a nice guy, but that doesn't make it equal with you. Well, well, I never tell people to to um to to give Caesar, to Caesar what is Caesar's because that's right by the law of God, right? It's not, of course, it's not. No. But hmm. you don't do your brethren any good sitting in prison. So Christ tells us to give to Caesar what is Caesar's, so that we can give to Yahweh what is Yahweh's, right? No. Yeah, that's no. true too. In other words, you want to stay out of you want to stay out of prison. So you're, you're no good to your brethren. You're no good to your fellow man. I, I mean, yes, yeah, some of us. I, I translated the whole Bible in prison, right? I learned Greek, but but we don't all have those opportunities when we end up in a place like that. Most of us are never going to do anybody any good sitting in prison, right? <laughs> yep. And you're going to fall victim to the wolves in prison. I mean, most men will. Yeah. Yeah. And I just so, so it's it's doing yeah you know pissing Caesar off and getting thrown in a clink just isn't very productive. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just like what Christ instructed his uh, his. <clears throat> Uh, his students, as you would say, not apostles, but uh, told them, you know, don't take gold or silver or anything. In other words, stay out of trouble and get the word out. That's the most important thing is the word out. Take this word mm -hmm. and get it out and don't get involved in all this and all the little trivials of, of life, but get the word out. <clears throat> Well, well, guys, would ask me how I, I worry about how I made it through twelve years of prison, never got my ass in trouble, and I told them, if you don't play games with the animals, if you don't gamble, if you don't imbibe, that that you have a whole lot less problems and a whole lot less opportunity for getting in trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you separate know. yourself from the things of the world, there's a lot less likely chance you're going to get yourself in trouble. Right. So yeah, you're right. If you want to start going to racetracks or playing lotteries or, or um, <clears throat> drinking in bars, well, well, now you have a whole lot more opportunities to get yourself in trouble. Yeah. You know, dealing you know, drugs or whatever, whatever. Also about the law, the thing about it is, is um, a lot of times it, if you do go against the law, uh, if you do race mix, stuff like that, things, things will happen. Things will happen to you that it, it's just 
It's cause and effect. I mean, it, yeah, it's like you only tells us it doesn't tell us that you can't go out and have a drink or you know or whatever. But if you become a drunkard, you'll have trouble. Yeah. And then and then yeah. the judgments will come down upon you. You know, things will happen to you. And that's yeah. what he's saying. Well, if we if we if we don't if we avoid these things, we won't have this trouble. Mm. And if we do, we will have mm. this trouble. And that's the reason why he gave us this law, because he loves us, and he doesn't want... It's just like a father would tell his son, you know, you don't want to do this, because if you do it this way, you're going to be in trouble. So yeah. to avoid the, this trouble and have your life with a little peace and harmony and, and quality, mm -hmm. don't do it that way. And that's basically what it is. Well, well that's mm -hmm. what I tried to talk about the other night, uh, on Monday night, when I was talking about pharmacia. Yeah, you know, you can't, yeah, yeah, you're not going to go to hell for eating a slice of ham. But you can't flaunt this food laws and expect not to get sick. Right. right. And, and then you flaunt this food laws for 30 years, you're eating pig's ass, and, and then you get cancer and you're saying, God, please cure me. And he's laughing mm -hmm. at you. Exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. That's, that's a good thing. It's, cause and, it's cause and effect. Cause and effect, right? Yeah. And, and you're not judged by the law, but you're judged by the outcome of, of what you've done, and, and the natural outcome is death. And that's why he gave us these laws so we wouldn't have to go through this. I think it's pretty nice. <laughs> well, well, these people look for these miraculous healings when they get sick, and, and they've been <laughs> sucking down swine or beer all their lives. Yeah. Well, well, how could you look to God to heal you well, when you've been lascivious? And, and yeah, yeah, can he heal you? Well, well, of course he can. But what's his divine will and, and what's his permissive will? And how much of a license do you have to be a screw-up? It's inevitable that you're going to suffer the consequences. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. that's, what I'm, that's what I was getting at. You mess up. Yeah. yeah. But don't think that God made you sick because you've been eating bacon and eggs every breakfast at, <laughs> yeah. for, for 50 years, and now you have colon cancer. God oh, didn't make you really sick. You made yourself good, sick. You know? <laughs> it tastes so good. Yeah, right. You want all those <laughs> parasites in you. <laughs> well, well, right. So we're not judged because we were bad boys and ate pork. Well, we've polluted ourselves. By doing that, and it, it's only natural that the consequences are, are inevitable. No, no. When your conference film, The Fire Air Man, the next, yeah. the next Euro uh, Open Forum. Uh, I'm sorry, Dorcas. Will uh, the Varia Man's conference be on? Oh, okay. The next, the next time, will you be having your oh. conference? No. On the 18th, Matthew. When's oh. your conference? On the 18th. Just a minute. Oh. Then it's the Thursday evening. The Thursday oh. evening. Then the, the guests are coming in. Now we'll have the guests coming in on the Thursday evening, and it starts on the 19th. In the morning. Oh, oh, well, we might have you and a few others on then from your home. Uh, let's see. Yeah. It depends on the amount of guests and how late they are coming in. Yeah. <laughs> and whether or not they bring they laptops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. Some of them, they are coming from Germany. 
And that's not the trouble. They will be in the afternoon there. But Chris and uh, the others are coming via the Netherlands. And it takes from there some nine hours car drive. And it's dependent on how they, they are starting. And when you're mm. coming in hell traffic here, yeah. <laughs> the peak hour, then there's yeah. no of coming through. So that's yeah. in the evening. So I have the door open. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. all in time. And we'll see what's going to happen. But it could be that uh, I have to keep the kitchen open for when they are coming in. They are hungry, and I have to give yeah. them some food. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. the numbers? So we'll see what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, we're getting now about uh, 11 or 12 people in. Oh, that's good. Good. Yeah, a few, a few from Germany yeah. even. Um, um, there's, of course, from the Netherlands. And uh, the flock from England. No. Oh, right, right. Okay. Well, we might it will be, a, it will be a jolly time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll put some on the internet <laughs> to, <coughs> to know how it is yeah. and how it's going, etc. Yeah. No. It will be an interesting time. Yeah. And I'll be able to show up some physical things for uh, astronomy. And how physical things are related to the observatory, the laboratory of your vet, the whole universe. But there are so many things people don't know about because they never learned it. To me, it's stupid simple. Because, yeah, I, I trained myself in it, and we had uh, even a school education and training in cosmological things. But it's gone. It's gone from the schools. They don't have it anymore. In the time when we are having space travels, etc., can it's taken from school? What kind of idiots are they? <coughs> Even friends of us, they, he's a teacher in, in the middle-class schools, just for the uh, schools, even for the university. <laughs> and astronomy mm-hmm. fell off. He said, no more. He said, and I like to teach it. No I more. just want to know where the bureau is. The craziness of today's times. Yeah, <laughs> there where he has to be, away from us and nowhere in the universe. <laughs> I'm not wasting my time on it. <laughs> There's so much more to do that why should I waste my time on 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 an, uh, what is it? A, a Jew, Jewish uh, um, a Jewish fable invention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah, no, I'm not wasting my time. I'm glad somebody else is on the same page as me with that. Things, uh, <laughs> yeah, and the interesting thing is, well, I, I strolled over lately in, in was it somewhere an announcement, and said, "Hey, that's an interesting book. Somebody is saying, find me something about the peculiar thing of um, um, a plasmas." Gas plasmas. Yeah, to me it's a normal <coughs> thing. I see it in my vacuum tanks where I'm using gas plasmas. But that happens in the atmosphere as well, on a, on a large scale. And people don't know about it. And when they are seeing some sort of yeah, peculiar object in, <laughs> not beyond the, the clouds or before the clouds or whatever, and then they are saying it's an UFO. But they forget that it could be a gas and gas plasma. And it's very easy in the atmosphere. Even if you have northern light, it's a gas plasma. And no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Let me ask you, did, did, did Matthew blow himself up again? Oh, no, we see. I thought he, his well, maybe his connection is lost and he's not gone yet. Sounds like there's a problem, technical problem here. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, he's back. Yeah, hey, uh, Bavarian man, I wanted to ask you, uh, um, this, I know this is off the subject, okay. we just talking about space. Thank you, James. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, what, what was, do you know people that lived, uh, at the time of, or before, like Hitler and during Hitler and after Hitler, Germany, any of your relatives or anything like that, and... How was it? How was it living uh, with with Hitler and <clears throat> being the head of state? And well, my my, my uh, we our family was living in uh, South Africa, so we didn't have any problem with that. Oh, <laughs> and uh, my family, the uh, the German part of them who were living in um, Leipzig, they had the full hell. And uh, they survived, but picking, keeping quiet. <laughs> uh -huh. That was the only way. And they did it in the, in the time of the, uh, the, 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 the Eastern Germany part. And they kept quiet as far as they could. And, uh, yeah, under the communist. Uh, my court and nephew But he had to be in the army there. And he got a job, or whatever, a good job, in the, in the army band because he is an... Uh, he has a job. He is the sound, techni uh, the, the sound technical man for the sounds in the studios, and he has to pick up also the uh, recordings of various um, um, concerts, etc. And that's why I once in a while get an information on them and uh, come over for we have a special concert down there, and I'm going there, <laughs> and I'll hear a concert which you normally spoke of would never come in. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And, I was just uh, I was he was wondering, wondering if you, you could do the job in, 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 in the band. <laughs> but we, directly we don't have relatives in... Uh, no, we didn't have that. They were, uh, our part of the family was uh, living in the Netherlands. My uncle was living in the Netherlands as a doctor, so he didn't have any problem. And our yeah, my parents immigrated to South Africa um, before the war. Well, they saw us, but they were wrong in Europe, and they wanted to live somewhere and, and to make a future. And so at that time, the best was South Africa. And they were right. And after the war, when they came back, then they realized, well, <laughs> the time is over. We better go back to Europe. Well, Europe is right. shambles, and let's start all over again in the Netherlands. And that was right. So we missed that part, fortunately. <laughs> well, I just wanted to ask you because uh, yeah. um, about gun control. Because as I understand it, uh, <clears throat> when Hitler was uh, in power there, it, uh, all the Germans had their weapons. Yeah, the weapons everywhere. No, no, the Germany, had Germany had strict gun control laws during the Weimar Republic. Yeah, but yeah. There's not gonna, you may not have a gun at all. Or you must be having a uh, license or so. But when anywhere in Europe, they, everybody had guns. They had their own guns. And, uh, they were allowed to have their guns. 
Yeah, that was a lot more. Yeah, that was a lot more. But even a friend of mine living in uh, Spain, he had the his weapons, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the, uh, the, 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 the he had the black powder gun weapons, that sort of stuff. That's oh. interesting. There's big bullets <laughs> and blowing over in the in our game. Oh, it's Tia. Uh, uh, but even there, he got in problems, and they took him his license off. He said, oh, "Okay, let him drop hell. <laughs> I stop it." <laughs> yeah. But it is, on the other hand, difficult to have your a license for any kind of gun control, other than gun equipment. Or you must be a hunter here, and registered as a hunter, and a deer hunter, etc. Or you must be a member of them, and then you can get some more. But yeah, I'm not so. I, I, see, I like to see deers going around. <laughs> yeah. Except that I want to have uh, um, a good portion of uh, deer, of venison, for Christmas at time, etc. I'd like to come over there for the Oktoberfest. It's October or September. I'm over to Munich. I'd like to see Germany. I read so much about it. Well, don't get quiet all at once now. Yeah, I'll sh- what happened to everybody? <laughs> what you guys? Something happened? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to say goodnight because I'm really tired now. Okay. Well, it's great seeing you, Dorcas, and, and may Yahweh bless you. Thank you for saying that, Dorcas. Yeah, goodnight, everybody. Good night. Yeah, good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs> They dumped me again. <laughs> bye bye. Ho, ho, ho. My headset. <laughs> Keep on. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's my 10 30 here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, time flies here in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why they use cuckoo clocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to try that with my clock and see if I can get it. What, to see if it flies? Yeah, the cuckoo clock's okay, but I prefer the quartz clocks. They are running perfectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the wristwatch I haven't any, any since many years because they always go broke. <laughs> so I dumped them and I said, okay, I have clocks in the house enough. <laughs> and well, I bought the rest. Uh, yeah. I got the Timex called the uh, Reef Reef Gear, uh, yeah. and it great great little watch. You can go in the water and everything with it. No, okay, doesn't no problem huh. with it. So, well, <laughs> in, in my workshop and all that sort of things, there's mostly rough handling. <laughs> Watches don't like it. <laughs> <coughs> So I better place the clock in, and I said, "Okay, I can see what the time is." And behind the lace and machinery like that, you better don't have rings and watches. <laughs> they might kill you. I don't yeah. like that. <clears throat> so I took the safe way and keep them off. I don't need them. In the car, I have even a clock. So why to worry? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they, they, uh, these people here. 
They do like their uh, or they do like their uh, clocks. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the chime, their chiming clock. My wife said she bought one uh, at an antique store. Uh-huh. And I slid it, you know, but, but if you're sitting, if you're trying to stay, uh, sleep, sleep downstairs or something like that, Forget you're it. nuts. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't work. It is ringing all night long, you know. <clears throat> yeah. So. That's yeah, why I, I even don't, don't, I don't have even an, uh, uh, a bell at the door. <laughs> they have yeah. to knock at the door. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. I have a noisy thing like that. If I'm not there, then I'm not there. <laughs> and wake you up. And I'm not buying at the door. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. got woke up. I and got woke up this morning. Alan, Alan, um, came into town there. Uh, okay. Olam, I should say. Where is and, he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he came in. He's here in Belfast. He's he's uh, doing his um, I don't know his uh, his medical stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. We got together uh, yesterday morning for breakfast and uh-huh. uh, talked for a while, and and then he's gonna he's got his business doing. And we're supposed to maybe hook up tomorrow. So how oh. does he sell Botox to Negroes? I mean, you'll never make their lips bigger. They'll never want that. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. We hooked. We we had breakfast uh, yesterday morning. I was. He, you know, we talked the night before. He said he was coming in, and and oh darn! I woke up, and I guess I woke up about we were supposed to meet about eight thirty for breakfast, oh, yeah. and I went back. I got up, and I just sat down on the bed for something. And the next thing I know, he was he was calling me, and he says, "Hey, Daddy, you you we still going for breakfast?" It's like, oh, he forgot. <laughs> I fell back asleep again. So, <laughs> but um. We got together. It was good, and then we're going to hook up. And I talked to Martin also. Um, I talked, yeah. talked to Martin yesterday too, and um, Bill. Bill. Miller oh, Miller. okay, Martin. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful because they they are the salt of the earth. Those people. Yeah, he's a good guy, and mm-hmm. uh, we, we talked. I don't know. We must have talked three hours. <laughs> yeah, that's and, great. I wish uh, I could talk to him for three hours. Yeah, and we. Um, uh, I, he's pretty busy right now, trying to get them themselves straightened out and everything with the house and all that. But he said that uh, I was because I was hoping maybe he and Alan and I we could go uh, go to um, you know go out like tomorrow night or whatever or, or tomorrow afternoon and get together. It's I'm telling you, it's really nice to to have people <laughs> to meet people <laughs> that think on the same level as you, you know. And, yeah. And, uh, discuss, I mean, all we do, you know, we just sit and discuss all these things that just go round and round. It's just nice to have people that you can that you can uh, relate to, you know. So. Mm-hmm. How they likely to come on Teamspeak? Pardon me. How they likely to come on Teamspeak, Martin and whoever? Uh yes. Once he gets himself straightened, uh, gets settled in, and everything. They're okay. kind of in, in the middle of moving and getting a new computer and all this kind of stuff. But he's a really nice guy, really nice guy. And uh, it's just like uh, Tia and I, we, we sit there and, and talk back and forth here and there, typing each other. and <laughs> So it's good. Really good. We got a good, you know, Bill put it together a good deal here with this team speak. <laughs> really good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's um, 
Great. It's supposed to be about community, right? That's it's right. not supposed to be about getting on talk show and preaching at somebody for an hour three times a week and, and forgetting it there, right? Uh, don't You're forget now. you got to pass the hat to at the end of it. Right. Where is Ice tonight? Where is Ice? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Where is he? I haven't seen him in a couple of days. I hope he's all right. But, you know, he's um on and off with his father. It's still summer vacation. and Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Ortilla. I didn't see her tonight either. Oh, Tilly, I haven't seen her in, in about a week. We Skyped back and forth last week or something. Okay. Yeah, you know, these, they're, yeah, they're young. They have wives, right? Yeah, yeah they have to do. Too, I don't go chasing people when they don't show up here. You know, I assume that they have <laughs> something to do with their wives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's yeah, it. Here's, my, here's my Skype. Uh, I got on that Skype thing, too. It's pretty good. I guess you call it yours. But there's people here every night. Sometimes it's four, and sometimes it's it's two dozen, right? It, it's different every night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's different. <laughs> but I think yeah. the action's all later at night. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to say. That, that's Everybody's here, like, maybe from um, eight to midnight, um, nine to midnight Eastern time, right? Oh, well, yeah, which is like um, 2 a.m. <laughs> to, to, to 5 a.m. your time, right? Yeah, well, that's right. It's early in the morning. <laughs> then we're asleep. Yeah. We're supposed to be asleep. But in fact, like I saw Chris get up this morning. I, I saw yeah. Sussex Man get up this morning, right? Yeah. 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 I see yeah. Judas get up sometimes, too, in the morning, but I saw Sussex Man yeah. this morning. I remember. I don't always, yeah, you know, it's in the little corner of one screen, and I sit in front of four screens all day. So, so I don't yeah. always see my Skype pop up, but... But but I saw Sussex Man come online at three thirty my time, and, and I was still up and I was up until four. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, if yeah, I go yeah, to yeah. bed early or something like that, I wake up. Uh, you know, I'll jump on. Well, well, the day I moved Chris to get to the new server, I went to bed at seven and I was up at eleven. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then the next night I went to bed at two when I was up at eleven. So I made up for it, right? <laughs> you can't sleep. And then yesterday, I think I went to bed around um, uh, around four, and I was up at I was up at eight thirty this morning. Yeah, but so, so I've been getting like four hours sleep this night, nine hours sleep that night, four hours sleep this night. It, it doesn't yeah. work that way. You won't yeah. cheat. Yeah. It'll it'll it requires its uh, payback. So well, well, if I get five hours, six hours, I'm good. I'm good for um. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I need. I heard you got to at least get at least seven. You know, if you don't get seven, say if you get six, take an hour nap during the day and catch up and make up for it. But well, well, it's very rare I get seven. But uh, well, I mean, maybe once a week, but it's very rare I get seven. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> seven is supposed to be the perfect well, number. Well, five is typical for me, right? From, from like maybe um, from like maybe four four to. Four to nine, or three to eight thirty, three to eight. Yeah. Five is typical. I don't want to stay in bed much longer than that. I got too much yeah. to do. Yeah, it's it's. I wish we didn't have to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to tell guys in prison that I wish I had more hours in a day, and they'd look like they want to kill me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they couldn't understand that. <laughs> But when you have something you want to accomplish, that's the way life is, right? 
Yeah. When you just want to skate by and, and um, yeah. beat the system, you know, like you said, you're getting something for doing nothing, for being a lazy bastard. Well, well then you're, you're going to, time is your enemy. That's right. So, so. I don't know. I just found that you got to have, you got to keep yourself busy. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, it's an old, um, I know it's an old New England proverb, time is the devil's workshop, right? Idle, I, idleness is the devil's workshop. Sure. Yeah, sure. it's waste. <clears throat> so, time is to be lazy. But anyway, I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> it's quarter to 11 here in the evening. <laughs> it's early, yes. <clears throat> okay. Okay, Matthew, yeah. take care. God bless. 6.30 is tomorrow morning. Okay, see you. And, and yeah, if I have the opportunity on the, on the 18th, then I'll jo and drop in. And if not, okay, then you know that the, we started with all the people coming in here. Okay. <laughs> and, and I'll be on our um, Have a good we'll time. Oh, blessings. You. See you again. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Okay, see ya. <laughs> well, he'll see you. I'll, I'll be on Republic Radio on the, um, on the 17th and then on the Euro Forum on the 18th. Busy week that week. That'll be fun. Yeah, Republic Radio on the seventeenth. It's on the front page of Christagenia. The link is there. She looks quite attractive. Yeah, I don't know what her um what what her angle is. Uh, I, yeah, you know she's um anti zionist and and, and yeah, you know aware of the 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 conspiratorial view of history. There's no doubt about that. Aside from that, I don't know where she's coming from. She, she would. I, I know that she's, um, yeah, you know, certainly favorable to my own position concerning the events of World War Two and 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 yeah. Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not. It, I'm, I'm like um, Condit. Condit. I, I'm going to. Um, I, I hope have a debate maybe around mid month around that same time, right? Over religion with him and and um after that's done I'm gonna be a little harder on Mr. Condit, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be civil with them with him through the next debate, but his his position on, on World War Two and Hitler is not doing whites and nationalists any favor. Jim Bill, that's the whole thing, teach him. All those yeah. people that are listening out there, teach them. But his sources, his sources are distracted people. His yeah. sources are absolutely, they're all Jews. Yeah. Yes. But they're not well, I mean, apart from that, oh, they're just not scholars, they're not academics, even though they might pretend to be, they're not mm -hmm. historians. No, well, well, right, but you know something? It, it's because he's a professed Catholic that I went after him on that, on religious grounds. Ah, I didn't know that. I didn't yes, know that. if he wasn't a professed Catholic, I would have handled that uh, with secular reasoning, right? I mean, uh, I would have, j just the way you just expressed it, that, that the Jews all have. And, and I did, to an extent, tell him that for every Jew, there's basically an agenda that behind um, that their version of, of World War II. Mm. Yeah, you know, they're looking to promote some lie so they could profit from it. They all are. Exactly. But, but I went after him on that on religious grounds because he's a professed Catholic. So, in other words, if you profess to be a Christian... 
and, and Catholics claim to be Christians, even though they're not. If you profess to be a Christian, you should know better about the Jews. That, that's my position on that, right? Right. Okay, yeah. And I made him admit that they're all liars, but he still quotes them. <laughs> he couldn't dispute the scripture. He, he, it was there, right? But, but he still quotes mm -hmm. them. He, he still would reason around that, right? No, I got to think of my career, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, well, when you go to his political website, and I'm going to hit him with this. You know, I hit him with the links on his, his Hitler website the day of the Hitler thing. I'm going to hit him with the links on his political website the day of the religious thing, right? Because you go to his political website, you go to the links page, and you see World Net Daily, Drudge, the Wall Street Journal. It, it's just what I'd expect to see from any neocon Jew-loving bastard. Mm. And, and that's where he's sending people for news. So, so what's his agenda? He claims to be an anti-Zionist. I, I proved, you know, it, it wasn't hard. I didn't prove it. It's right there in front of you. All Jewish sources for his position on Hitler. And, and now he's sending people on his political website to all Jewish sources, mainstream, pro-Zionist, neocon sources for news. What's his agenda? How could you do that stuff and, and, and expect to be a credible anti-Zionist? It's not possible. He's a, he's a damn hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and so what, what kind you of, never know where who's coming from where. <laughs> what kind of following does he have? Well, well, I don't know. His site's ranked about two and a half million on Alexa, which means his following's about eight times the size of Eli's. <laughs> That's not really true, but Eli's about 1.6 million on Alexa. His following's about 2.5 million on Alexa. That's what Chris Degenia was um, two years ago. <laughs> 1.6 million? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I don't know if I've even gone to his. Well, well Eli was at 160,000 160, on Alexa before he split with me, before we split. Yeah, I noticed Lord Pally saying that uh, Convict's got a large following. <clears throat> I'm just reading that text. Yeah, well, I'm going to chew into some of it. The thing about it is, is we... Uh, well, well, Chris Degani is in the top 90,000 websites in the world now. And it's in the top 95,000 websites in the United States. So... We want everybody. <laughs> It gets a little more traffic than Condit. They don't all like me, but it gets a little more traffic than Condit. But it's a, she's on RBN. Yeah, I got links to her right on the front page of my site, right? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So I even put her book up there. Mm-hmm. Mostly so I could go see what she's about. <laughs> So you never did go back to that Charles Giuliani, huh? You never did. Oh yeah, you want to see you you want to see what I did to Charles Giuliani? This is what I did to Charles Giuliani. I, I'm doing him a favor, right? I, I'm trying to give him a facelift. Okay. I, I I got people sending him this link and and um, go to that link, CharlesGiuliani.com. That that's what I do to people that annoy me, right? <laughs> That's 
like my shield Christian in here. No shit. <laughs> okay. I think that's funny as hell. That only cost me five dollars. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Boy, look at all the dots on the on the map, the world map. That's why I say sometimes I've, uh, if I come down with some water late at night, you know, and I click on here, and you know how you have that uh, world map there and visitors and everything, and it shows you who's online and everything. It's, it seems like always late at night is always lit up. And I just think, geez, I would just like to sit down and gab to everybody. Everybody's online right now. I'm missing out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That all, Each one of those dots represents the fact that somebody from that place has been to my site, but it don't mean they're there now. Oh, is that right? Yeah, somebody from that place has been on my website, right? And it looks like you got, like, somebody from Russia. Well, well, if you see a circle emanating, like, radar from a dot, that means they're on my site now. Yeah, that's what this is right now. Sometimes there's 10, 12 dots on there, but some usually it's, it's one or two or three. Yeah, there's a whole... What? <laughs> I guess lit up. Good. Well, everybody in this room probably clicked on that CharlesGiuliani.com, right? Yes. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. Though. That's the way to do it. <laughs> now, now, this map is only for ChrisDeGenny.org and ChrisDeGenny.net. I got separate ones for the Mindconf and the Saxon Messenger. There's separate maps in Clifton site. That's not the same globe. But I'm the Clifton, uh, not talking too much tonight. No, nah, he's probably off typing somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably, well, okay, I'm going to end it here. I, I mean, we had a good program, and thanks for being yeah. here. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, great. Praise Yahweh. Yes. Yeah. Praise Yahweh. Good night. Good night. Good night.